the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is a rather familiar passage that we have before us today here on Way of Grace. Pastor Jessica Stand is exploring Judges chapter 6. We're looking at Gideon's fleece today. The fleece on the floor, the dew on the fleece, and the dew on the floor. It's all straight ahead. Join us. been a Christian for any length of time, you'll know that putting a fleece before God is a fairly common thought and common practice among many. We've got to test God because we don't trust Him. But there's much more to this verse, this passage of Scripture here in Judges than meets the eye. And that's what we're exploring today, the certainty of Gideon's success symbolized. We're in Judges chapter 6, verses 36 through 40. Let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 to give you an idea of how the Old Testament, as Israel was making its way through the wilderness, were taught that whenever God is calling attention to you, he's going to use a trumpet to blow. And here's what it says. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, verse 2, Make thee two trumpets of silver, of a whole piece shall you make them. That is, the trumpet shall not be put together in component parts. It shall be one whole silver part. That is a fascinating concept in itself. That you may use them for the what? Calling of the assembly. You see, ladies and gentlemen, how that the gospel is an integrating principle? Do you see how the gospel calls us together? Do you understand that church, ecclesia, or synagogue is a gathering together of the people of God? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And is not under most circumstances when you and I are out of the way, we're like sheep scattered upon the mountains? Does not God have to call you back to himself? And is he not doing that every time we gather in the preaching and teaching of the word of God when it comes in power? Does he not assemble us? Is that not our theme in Psalm 119? Remember the word unto thy servant upon which you have caused us to hope. This is our comfort in all of our affliction because your word is what gives us life. Ladies and gentlemen, you were saved by a call. You were called out of darkness. You were called out of death. You were called out of deafness. And it wasn't a whistle. It wasn't a flute. I'm sorry. It was a trumpet. And it shook your soul up out of the grave of sin and aroused you to a revelation of his, his righteousness and the horror of your rebellion and your hell-bound state. And it gave you enough life to say, Lord, save me. And he brought your soul up out of that grave of sin and death. The blessed trumpet call of the gospel. 
This is what Joe, this is what Gideon has found himself engaged in, conflating the work of the spirit with the trumpet. Notice what it says in verse one here. It says that you may call the, the assembly and for the journeying of the camp. So there are two things here I want you to capture. It won't stay long, but the symbolism is unavoidable because talking about the spirit of God and the trumpet, it's unavoidable because you and I are not deeply rooted covenant people. We don't know our Bibles well enough to just hear terms expressed in the narrative and understand their backdrop. Okay. So we have to do this because we just don't live in a culture where people are that deep in the word of God. So notice what it says. They are assembled together and they are assembled together for their what? Journey. In other words, God has called the people of God to advance in their walk with him and to move forward because we have a destiny to arrive at. Is that not true? It can be stated again every time the preaching of the gospel is set forth and the, and the word of God is soundly expounded. Not only are we assembled, we are advancing forward, pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Is that true? Are we on a journey? Right. So I need you to know two things. The enemy hates the assembly. It hates the assembly. We've known that now for two and a half years. It hates the reassembly because every time we reassemble, we're given instructions how we might advance in our walk in God. And every time we advance in our walk of God, we are demonstrating the defeat of the enemy and the soon annihilation of him at the arriving of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Am I making some sense? Very important for you to comprehend. Verse three. Let me keep going. Verse three. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to meet thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. We can press down right there and talk about. What is it that keeps a child of God when they hear the call to worship to not come? What is it that when a child of God hears the call, the call to Coram Dale and they don't come? What an awesome proposition. I've said it to you before. I'm almost I'm almost done with my assignment. I don't know how many more Sundays I have to do. But I'm so glad from day one that God called me, that when he taught me that he's calling us to gather in the preaching and the worship and exaltation of himself, I have never yet found anything better to do than worship the true and the living God with the people of God. I haven't been able to say, Lord, you know, I heard you, but I got something else to do because it's a trumpet call. It's not a whistle. And it's certainly not a dog whistle because all across the land, we have taught our world that God brings his people together publicly and visibly as a warning that one day he will separate his elect from this world and the world will be left to darkness and judgment. And this is what we're getting symbolically out of what's taking place with Gideon. Maybe a few more verses. Verse four. Notice what it goes on to say. And if they blow, but with one trumpet, then the princes, which are the heads of thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves together. This is the leadership coming in preparation of hearing from God so they might know how to lead the people. You guys got that? Notice the next verse. And when you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east parts shall go forward. Now it's going to talk about the four uh, quaternium of the tribes, three in each quarter. Now they're gathering together in preparation for war. 
And child of God, we have been learning for years that worship and warfare are the two tandem principles going on in the life of the people of God. So it might be stated every time you come to church, you are coming to worship, but you're also coming to be fitted for war. And so we're there now in our text. Go back to our Gideon text. I want to make my way through. There are a number of things here that need to be um, ascertained and understood. And the point number one, the clarion call of the spirit of God is very clear. Uh, Amos put it like this. Shall the trumpet be blown and the people not be warned? And then we read under our first point, two sub points that I want to quickly affirm the commitment of his brethren. Will you please look at verse 34a and notice the efficacy of the blowing of the trumpet? What did it do? It actually gathered his brethren, did it not? Look at verse 34, verse 34. uh, I'm sorry, verse 34 uh, C. So 34a, but the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, 34b, and he blew a trumpet. 34C, and Abiezer was what? Gathered after him. Do you guys see that? See, now think about this. Again, I don't want to sit here too long, but I love this. Abiezer was a group of men just a few minutes ago that wanted to kill his brother. Do y'all remember that? And now the spirit of God is working in their life because they see that he is exalted to be the leader And now he has a way in their heart and they are the first ones to come. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? I am saying when Jesus Christ came unto his own, just like Gideon, they rejected him until Jesus rose again from the dead. And when his voice became a trumpet because of his triumphant resurrection, the first to gather to Jesus are the redeemed Jewish people. That is the application going on here. That is the application. And we were to draw out the inference, it would be clear. If you and I are in our unregenerate state, we would continue to have antipathy and hatred for God's word. And we would never come to Christ. But once you are born again and Christ calls you, you are glad to come to him. And no one can come unto me except my father, which sent me draw him. Here's what we call the integrating principle. I'm here to tell you that God is gathering all things unto Christ in heaven and in earth and under the earth so that all things might be brought under the foot of the father through the son by the church one day. So even today, you and I are actually acting out this emblem, are we not? In our soul, we heard the call to worship. In our soul, we long to be in the presence of God. In our soul, we're ready to be taught, corrected, admonished, and transformed by the word of the living God. In our soul, we know we've been knitted together in God in Christ. In our soul, we know we've been begotten of the spirit of the living God. In our soul, we know we were made to worship God. That's why we are here. And they gathered after him. I love the text. This is Mark's gospel. One illustration of it. Chapter three, verse 13 through 15. You can see this easily. When Jesus began his ministry, what did he do? He began to call men to himself. Did he not? He began to call men to himself. That was a trumpet call. He was he was quietly gathering together his elect. First, his 12 and then the broader group of the people. Were they not coming to him? Of course they were. Listen, and he goeth up into a high mountain and does what? Call it unto him whom he would. Do you see that? Now watch this last line. And they came unto him. That's how a sinner is saved. 
by the king sitting on the mountain of his kingdom and authoritatively calling you by the gospel and you come. Now, I'm going to tell you, this created a mess, just like what Gideon did created a mess. Look at verse 14. Mark 3, 14, watch this. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him that he might what? Send them forth to preach. Do you not see that in our Gideon text? That's going to be clear in verse 35. Gideon is about to send out messengers all throughout the northern part of Israel to draw the men who are to come to war for him. We see that going on here in our text. Verse 15, Mark 3, 15. And to have power to heal the sick and to cast out devils. Is that powerful or what? Look over at verse 21 now. If you're shouting about the whole matter of evangelism and preaching, know this, you're going to have adversaries when you do it right for God. Look at verse 21. Here it is. And when his friends heard of it, heard of what? Jesus going to a high mountain, doing what? Calling men to himself, doing what? Preparing them to do what? Preach the gospel. Watch what they said. They said, when they went out to lay hold on him, for they said he didn't lost his mind. Do you see it? Right. And, and this is why we see Gideon as a great type of Christ, because he had obstacles in his own family. How dare you, son of Mary, son of Joseph, act like you are Messiah? Well, the reason why he acted like it is because he was. And you and I have to understand whenever we are complying with and comporting with God's will, we're going to have opposition and largely it's going to start at home. Look again over not only at verse 21, but look at verse 22. Look at verse 22, Mark 3, 22. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, he hath what? And by the prince of devils, he casts out devil. Do you see the opposition? Do you see the opposition here in the gospel corresponding to where we are back in the Gideon text? Go back there. I want you to see it as we close out point number one. Look at Judges 6, verse 33 again. I want you to see this. You need to look at it. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together. Now, we saw them in the opening of our chapter. Remember what God said? They were like the sands of the sea for number. They were like locusts everywhere. This was a massive group of opposition to Gideon. Y'all got that? All because Gideon was doing the exploits that God gave him grace to do in his own local community. This is a framework for you, ladies and gentlemen, to help you understand that the matters of the gospel are not indifferent to the world. The world does not care for God. The world does not care for God's truth. The world will oppose you even to your death, given the right circumstances and the right power. You must know this. Therefore, when God calls you to himself, you're on God's team and you're called to fight God's war. This is what's going on with Gideon. I just wanted to frame it for you. I just wanted to frame it. And again, as we close out on this point, What does God do when he calls a man or a woman or a people group to be a living witness for his glory? He has to give them the power to be his witnesses. And that's what point number one is underscoring Uh, uh, in verse 34 of our text. But the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Now, when the spirit of the Lord comes upon Gideon, it's important for you to know this. It's not coming upon Gideon in some kind of ethereal, mystical sort of new agey way. 
When the spirit of God comes upon Gideon, it's in order to give Gideon the gift of power and wisdom to execute his mission. I'm going to say it again for people that are really concerned about why did God save me, leave me in this world to do his will. God saved you by his power and he gives you his spirit to grant you wisdom so that you might know who you are in him and that you might discover your gifts and abilities in order to do his will. You're going to see that here in the text. Gideon is going to be gifted to organize. Gideon is going to be gifted to strategize. Gideon is going to be gifted to position himself and prepare the people of God and to engage a battle that he will be successful in. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called wisdom. I'm going to say it one more time. The spirit of God is given to you not so you can do backflips and and walk on air and hover and, and, and speak in unintelligible speech. It's in order that you might know God, understand his wisdom and be able to walk in a way that advances God's glory in your life, that you might successfully fight a good warfare. Am I making some sense to you? Right. This the things of God are not mutually exclusive to ideas like being uh, sound in your mind, being clear in your judgments, being studious in your calling, being committed to the patience that's required to develop you and mature you, given the gift of discernment so you can know what's right from wrong, given the ability to prioritize your life in such a way that you can actually make choices. I say it all the time that will advance you in your walk with God. It will bring a witness to others around you and ultimately bring men and women to know that God is with you. Why on earth would Gideon be filled with the spirit of God to just kind of run around in circles and navel gaze at himself? He's just called a ton of men to him, has he not? He's just called a ton of men. By way, 32,000 came. Do you hear me? 32,000 men came by the power of the spirit of God. Now, if they come, are they coming to sit around and watch the man close his, uh, uh, cross his legs and get in a lotus position and just hover up and down in the sky? Or, or are they coming for instruction? Are they coming for wisdom? Are they coming for understanding? Are they not coming? And this is what our next point is going to be about. Are they not coming to understand that the Lord is with Gideon? And that the Lord has prepared a stratagem for delivering the people of God. Can you imagine? You guys got time for me. You got time? Can you imagine Israel not hearing that shofar horn since the days they were in the wilderness? Can you imagine that? They're in the promised land and they don't even remember. Because it never had been blown because Israel was so much in disarray and caught up in so much carnality and given to so much fleshliness. And because there wasn't a leading person to blow the trumpet and call them together that they might be taught the right ways of the Lord, that they might overcome their enemies in their own land and in territory and in their inheritance. They never heard the trumpet. And now Gideon is blowing it. And you know what's happening to God's elect among them? They're saying, we remember what our mama and our daddy told us. 
that when it's time to come together, we would hear a trumpet blow. And the men rose up from four, five tribes and gathered together under Gideon. I'm here to tell you there is another evidence of the work of the Spirit of God in that act. Are you hearing me? A, an assembly of true believers, mature, saints who are being called vitally to the work of God has to be called by God's spirit. Are you hearing me? Right. This is a work of God. And Gideon is a man for the moment. And all he did was blow the trumpet. But God is supplying Gideon with grace in order to strategically put together a team. And this is where you and I are getting ready to deal with the principle again. Separation. Are you ready for it? It's the doctrine of separation. Remember, I told you that's what Gideon was doing when he was separating the wheat from the child. That's what Gideon was doing when he was separating his father's idol from the people of God. Now Gideon is getting ready to go back into the exercise of separation again. Our second point is going to teach us the doctrine of separation under three categories. Are you ready? The first category of separation is going to be the category of sanctification, how that God sanctifies and sets apart that which is holy from that which is unholy. The second thing that we're going to see in this, that God does it sovereignly. God sovereignly separates that which is acceptable to him and that which is not. We're going to see that in this sign request that Gideon is granting. And then thirdly, what we're going to see inherent in this sign request is salvation. Three things are going to be inherent in this and this what might be to you this kind of strange, bizarre request. I'm going to explain it to you here more fully here in a moment. But notice what happens, what Gideon does. This is what I thought was so absolutely wonderful about Gideon. We discover over in verse 35 that Gideon sends messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And then he sent messengers to Asher and to Zebulon and to Naphtali, five. And then what happens? And they all came to meet him. Is that not the allusion to Mark 3? Jesus gathering together sheep from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. Are you guys seeing the integration principle? All right, so then we land right there because Gideon is sensitive to a number of things. And I want to circle back on this, this sensitivity. He's sensitive to what God is doing. And now he's sensitive to the enormity of the mission. He's sensitive to it. So something is about to happen that's going to give you and me some great insights into my dear brother. And remember the title of our message, the work of the spirit of God and bringing about the assurance of victory. Anybody with me? So Gideon is aware that these men wouldn't even favor him if it wasn't for the grace of God. Gideon is aware that when he sends out messengers, these are ambassadors. Are they not types of gospel preachers? Are we not ambassadors of Christ? Are we not to call the brethren to God? And if they come, we know who did it, don't we? Gideon is aware that God is working. When the believer is aware that God is working, what the believer does not do is get proud of the fact that God is working through him. There are some lessons to learn now. This is why I want you to get Gideon right. Don't get him wrong. This is so interesting, too, because, you know, when you're studying people, and you're analyzing people for whatever reason you may be doing it. If you get that person wrong, that means you don't understand them. Are you ready? 
If you don't understand them, in all likelihood, you're going to get them wrong. If you don't understand them, you're not going to get their motive. You're not going to get their intent. And if you don't get a person's motive and intent, you may ascribe unto them false notions about why they do what they do. That's what they did with Jesus. Remember, he works by the power of Beelzebub. How asinine is that pejorative against our master? He never sinned, did he? He never did anything wrong. He never never had an evil thought. He never injured anyone, right? A bruised reed will he not quench. A smoking flax would he not put out. Jesus never had an ill thought. And yet everybody wants to condemn him as not only demonic, but didn't we learn his family say, he crazy? That's because they did not understand who he was. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 10.30 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.